Hola, everyone, and bienvenidos. I hope everyone is doing well. Today's topic should be fun to explore. No one is going to save you. And I say fun because it's one of those topics that most people are interested in. This whole uh, idea of uh, uh, what does it mean to be an individual and what are uh, our limits as individuals and our responsibilities are as individuals and how we impact others and and so on and uh, Buddhism has a particular uh, view about the role of individual that is uh, very important especially as one begins to uh, study this uh, this tradition and one begins to to practice and uh, so it has a lot to say about how it is that one achieves uh, liberation, individual liberation, individual salvation from confusion and from ignorance and from all, the, all of that stuff that causes suffering uh, for us. And so that's what we're going to be exploring. It's also uh, a topic that is uh, known in the West as, as being central to the kind of uh, institutions that the West developed uh, over the last several hundred years, especially having to do with political, uh, s civil, civic, I guess, uh, what, rights. Uh, the West is, is known to have uh, uh, brought the role of the individual to the forefront with respect to um, political empowerment and participation and that uh, breaking away from, um, well, uh, political systems that where the individual played a minimal role and uh, and this is a uh, well something that the West uh, should be credited for uh, right should be credited for for um, having accomplished uh, that and uh, and it's it sparked all kinds of uh, other um, well innovations or uh, unleashed a, a lot of other creative uh, potentials that as a result of the this empowerment of the individual were unleashed and it impacted every single area of society from the economy with capitalism to uh, the uh, sciences to the arts to literature and the political systems that have been mentioned and this is um, undeniable and uh, a very powerful movement that impacted the whole world beyond just uh, Western Europe. But what we're going to talk about here is uh, how it is that, well, this one religion that was is not born in the West ends up from its get-go developing a, a path, a spiritual path that uh, throws the individual at the center of the responsibility for individual salvation and that 
that doesn't really emerge in the West until our very current era with uh, the movements of uh, secularization of spirituality so that now you have people talking about uh, a secular spirituality and you have lots of uh, denominations that uh, split themselves from the conventional core Christian traditions and they um, are claiming a kind of independence that does put the individual more at the center of the responsibility for, um, I guess, you know, freeing yourself, uh, saving yourself, uh, addressing the impact of sin in your life. That that's how, perhaps, uh, these Christian groups would would speak of it. And you have a whole new way of talking about this, and people are having conversations that revolve around the language of. Uh, uh, this being spiritual and not religious and um, even with some atheists there's this spirituality component to it and and even within Buddhism itself there's this movement of uh, secularization of the Dharma so that you have uh, a secular Buddhism or a secular Dharma that is uh, being promoted uh, by people like uh, Stephen, Stephen Batchelor, for instance. But the interesting thing is that um, Buddhism from its get-go has been a secular path. You know, this is, this is one of the, um, the things about this uh, tradition that is uh, quite interesting and it's fascinating that the responsibility for liberation, for freedom from sin or confusion, or however you want to state it, was laid at the feet of the individual. So we're going to talk about what does it mean uh, for the individual to, uh, well, uh, be faced with this, this responsibility, what is that scope of that responsibility, and what is it that we do when we, uh, well, attempt to uh, free ourselves from the confusion, the ignorance that results in so much unnecessary suffering for us. And when we begin to talk about the individual and what we must do in order to take on the uh, this responsibility laid before us and what it focuses on it turns out that it focuses on this uh, thing having to do with attachment and turns out that that responsibility addresses what we do with everything we are attached to but more specifically, the thinking that we are attached to that leads to states, mental states. And so Buddhism is all about not being attached to 
mental states that are created by the mere process of uh, thinking and what thinking develops, the stories that thinking develops, and uh, out of that the states of mind that these stories convincingly develop into. So we begin by developing an understanding that informs us about the experience of uh, being alive and what we should do with uh, that experience and how we can start to training ourselves so that we don't uh, create states uh, out of that experience but uh, human beings are um, experts at creating states, states of mind and we end up creating states of mind out of even the effort of attempting to not create states of mind and so it becomes uh, pretty tricky so um, we are further informed that uh, this is uh, not so much about creating uh, another uh, state of mind that is about not creating states of mind but uh, it's one of relaxing on that very effort so that we learn to relax with uh, the very uh, experience of, of being alive and uh, uh, resting and settling into something that uh, we discover uh, well um, contains all of uh, our, our experiences and supports all of our experiences and that it does not uh, change and that uh, is not conditioned by the very experiences that life uh, hands us. So what happens is that initially when we begin to practice it's all about uh, putting forth uh, a lot of effort because our minds are so discursive and, and so uh, wild and chaotic and it's uh, even difficult to just stay uh, present with a few uh, complete uh, iterations of, of our breath and uh, a lot of struggle and a lot of effort uh, takes place but uh, at some point that uh, is relaxed and we uh, begin to see that it's uh, more of a matter of uh, what we don't do with ourselves that is um, mo most important and so uh, that begins to to be explored by us further and uh, further but what is this not doing thing all about because it sounds vague and can be very easily misunderstood so let's let's take a look at something here we have all experience being upset somebody gets us upset for one reason or another and we may even get angry and 
normally what we do is we respond to that feeling of having been injured, having been treated wrongfully or unfairly, and we start making a lot out of that. We start, uh, well, talking to ourselves a lot about how it is that someone made us feel and how unfair that was and how unfair that person is and how it shouldn't have happened and what am I going to do about it now and how am I going to respond to it and we start very quickly creating this uh, very extensive storyline that could develop like that and there's always this on our part this series of things that we have built and we create when someone gets us upset and normally it amounts to something like well how dare you make me feel like this who do you think you are and you know you're not gonna get away with this so easily and besides there was no reason for you to make me feel like this and I'm going to get to the bottom of this and this is going to be figured out and you are going to see in the end that you had no right to do this to me or if uh, we were a little more daring well then we start coming up with ways of getting back at people for making us feel like this and we come up with something perhaps that will also get them upset so that they know exactly how they made us feel and if there's one thing that we can probably all agree on is how resourceful we can be when this happens to us and it has happened to us many many times so we have deep experience here with respect to how we can select to respond and that tool chest of tools that become available to us is, is pretty big but going back to that not doing that I mentioned a little while ago what we do here instead is that we don't do that we don't engage in all that stuff that I just mentioned and what we end up doing amounts to a not doing we let go we surrender that deep resourcefulness of ways that are available to us because of our history and how often we have felt injured by someone and we offer that away and this amounts to a pausing an ability to stop and uh, not be so concerned with that self-centered point of view with respect to being injured and when we do that we 
connect with something that is, is real. What, what is not real here is that story that someone hurt me and I have to do something about this being hurt by this person because uh, it is so unfair and uh, this person had no right and blah blah blah. That is not real. That is not connected with, with anything. And what we also don't do is we don't replace this okay I'm gonna be a good boy I'm gonna be a good girl and I respond in kind to this person that made me feel bad but I'm gonna create something else that uh, is going to make me feel good especially feel good that I, I didn't respond and I was not mean to this person who made me feel bad so this ability to not do forms the foundation of how we as Buddhists conduct ourselves morally. It is about what we don't do that shows us the way to properly conducting ourselves as good and decent human beings that cease causing harm to ourselves and causing harm to others. But it doesn't mean that this non-doing that I'm referring to, that you're not going to be able to respond to what needs to be addressed, what needs to be taken care of. No, I mean, that would be foolish, right? That would be, well, you'd be a helpless, useless kind of person. But on the contrary, because you're not so self-concerned with how others are impacting you, and you're not so territorial about that, that all you're doing is just uh, engaging uh, on ways to respond to that feeling hurt by others, you're actually more able to respond to the uh, need of situations. You're more able to respond to and take care of what needs to be taken care of. So this moral conduct, this way that guides our uh, way of conducting ourselves in the world with ourselves and with others, is not subject to a kind of moral relativism that shifts with conditions, circumstances, with uh, new expediencies of a new time, and it's not subject to that because when we cease from that doing that I've been sharing here with you, when we um, remove ourselves from that self-centered way of responding, what happens is that we connect with a gentleness within ourselves that is accessed that is grounded on uh, a reality that is not created by us, that is not manufactured by us, that's always there, has always been there, always will be there. And all that we need to do is to, to access that, is to learn to relax uh, with ourselves, with our immediate environment. And that gives us access to... Uh, 
empathy, to feeling, to uh, an ability of, of being kind and uh, generous with others because we have been able to surrender, to let go, to cease holding on to a territory that's created by our mirror impulsive need to respond to feeling injured by others. And this is how it is that we can share with others that this way of conducting ourselves in the world as Buddhist is based on something that is real, something that is true, and uh, something that does not change with circumstances, but we shouldn't expect them to just believe us, do we? Uh, that uh, will be a little bit too much to, to ask for. But what we could do is we could um, ask someone that uh, is inquisitive about this, that, uh, well, what happens when they cease to respond reactively to uh, being injured by someone? Their feelings are hurt, someone insults them, and they very much wish to respond in kind, but they don't. And maybe they uh, say a little prayer to God and uh, surrender themselves somehow, and that somehow brings them to a peace, and they attribute that peace to uh, God being graceful and merciful to them, and uh, that for them is something very real that they can access all the time, because it's there all the time available to them, right? I mean, that's, I believe that's what Christians would say, or anybody else from... Uh, any of the major religious traditions. And, you know, we as Buddhists can say, well, that is precisely what we're accessing uh, when we remove ourselves from being so impulsive and so reactive and so self-centered and so self-concerned that uh, we cease from responding in kind to others when they injure us. And when we do that, we rest in something that we can continually over and over again discover that is there, that uh, doesn't change when we return to that. But how about the atheists or the secular spiritualists? Uh, what would they have to say about this? Well, um, I suppose that one could also ask them, well, what, uh, what do you do when somebody gets you pissed off? What do you do when somebody pushes those uh, buttons that uh, you so conditionally uh, respond to with uh, in kind? Uh, what do you do to not do that? Or do you find it acceptable to? Or is it uh, uh, you responding in kind to somebody getting you pissed off? Is that based on anything that is that is real by you? If so, can you please, well, uh, tell me what that is. So if um, this person is a uh, sharp, you know, uh, person and they're 
on it, they're, they're probably going to say something like, okay, well, if somebody gets me pissed off, I know that uh, if I respond uh, to that uh, in kind, that uh, I'm just creating these uh, conceptual references that uh, are addressing an event that took place, but uh, uh, that event was um, uh, well, real perhaps because it uh, provoked a uh, neurological or nervous system-like response on my kind, but on my part. But uh, what I did with that thereafter uh, were just uh, conceptual designations that uh, addressed just the ripple effects of that initial uh, nervous system kind of uh, response. Is that what they could? say you know <laughs> sounds good to me right <laughs> you know uh well we could also say well you know okay that's 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 fine that's cool uh I, we could uh, as buddhists relate to that and there's no conflict here and we do realize that people like this uh atheist and scientist and uh secular spiritualist uh could and do have a, an understanding of how it is that uh, when we interact with others in our world there are these uh, nervous system level type of interactions and uh, there are ways that we respond to that and we could once we feel that impact on us we can uh, talk ourselves out of responding in ways that are harmful to ourselves and others and uh, hey that that works right we we should give credit to that because it, uh, it, it does work. Um, never mind that uh, we know of so many cases where, um, well, um, just that understanding alone is not sufficient. It uh, only takes us so far because after all there are plenty of, uh, of scientists and uh, very well learned persons that have a thorough understanding of the workings of the nervous system and uh, human psychology and so forth and uh, end up falling in love with their lab assistants and uh, perhaps uh, because they're 20 or 30 years older than their lab assistants or their uh, graduate students or what have you they become distraught and uh, become very depressed and uh, might even consider um, that uh, it's all uh, terrible and hopeless because uh, someone has broken their heart. Look, I'm not attempting to mock anyone about this. I certainly have had my sh fair share of having my heart broken and having gone through the difficulty of what that uh, is like. The point here is that uh, an intellectual understanding of how this occurs how we respond to being affected by uh, someone doing thing, something to us, affecting us in a particular way, or the world uh, through our senses impacting us in a particular way, that it, uh, this understanding, uh, the intellectual understanding of that is one thing, and the uh, training involved that allows us to work with that directly in a different way is another thing 
it's um, not unlike the difference between uh, well uh, thinking about an enchilada and eating that enchilada right what would you rather have uh, well I think that I would like to have the enchilada instead because uh, the experience of something of anything is always going to be much deeper much fuller much more complex than the uh, thinking about that and that I think uh, we all understand so that's what is at the heart of the non-doing effort that I brought up earlier it's the uh, not creating that state of eating the enchilada it's simply eating the enchilada and uh, as silly as this might sound uh, it's it's really about that we uh, cease that struggle of creating special states of mind no matter how special they may seem no matter how uh, nice they may be experienced no matter how um, elated or wonderful they may be felt that uh, we recognize that the moment we uh, well see them like that experience them like that that it very quickly develops into a state of mind and this uh, training is about not heading in that direction and that is what no one is able to do for us and that is what the uh, whole uh, emphasis on, on individual salvation in Buddhism individual liberation is about it is left up to us to do that for us no one can possibly go inside our mind and uh, hold our hands uh, metaphorically and uh, stop us from creating these uh, states of mind that uh, can become very elaborate and very comfortable and very reassuring to us from a self-centered and egotistical point of view and stop us from going in that direction and the beauty about this if you'd like to see it like this is that this has nothing to do with religion it has nothing to do with belief it is not a dogma it is not something that you um, buy into and uh, accept it is something that must be done by you must be experienced by you and uh, no one again is going to save you from the suffering that follows when we create these mental states that have absolutely no connection with anything that is is real and uh, no one is going to save you from experiencing that anguish that torment that misery so what is it that is real so that uh, we don't deviate from that so that we don't head in the direction of uh, constructing these falsehoods these uh, illusions these uh, fantasies that uh, end up bringing misery to us because they're states of mind that cannot be maintained that decay that end that change and that uh, change 
uh, when it happens is uh, painful for us. Well, uh, that uh, uh, reality, that truth is where it all started. It all starts by connecting, feeling a connection with something that occurs and that's uh, very much impacted at the level of uh, uh, your body. And uh, then uh, out of that, you develop these states of mind that uh, reaffirm you, reaffirm a self-centeredness because we start injecting our own twist, our own thing, our own uh, tangle into it, and then we create right, these elaborate tales about what happened to us, what took place, uh, right, what uh, occurred, what someone did to us, what the world is doing to us, what uh, you know politicians are doing to us, and it goes on and on, and then to untangle ourselves from this whole thing that uh, we ourselves construct, we need the therapy, and we need the antidepressants, and we need the alcohol, and we need the uh, marijuana, and we need the whatever it is that we feel is going to solve and remove that uh, suffering from our life, then that's what we reach out for, when we could have just cut it from the very start. But cutting it from the very start requires more than just an understanding, more than just our, our intellect, more than just our uh, cleverness, more than just our willpower. It uh, takes a training and uh, a dedication to ourselves that uh, is the focus of that individual liberation, that responsibility that resides within ourselves for the most part. And beginning that process is the process of beginning how not to create these uh, mental states that we become attached to that create so much suffering for us. And that is all, amigos and amigas. We've come to the end of this episode. If you so wish, please subscribe to this podcast station so that when I uh, record the next episode for you, you are notified of it. Thank you and uh, be well.